Welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor. And we're so grateful that you guys are here with us. Uh, whether you're joining us in person or you're in the courtyard or maybe you're watching online, man, we're grateful to have you. And our hope and prayer is that this will become a home for you, a place where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. Uh, a bunch of us uh, guys just went on a misery retreat this past weekend. Uh, and, man, it was a blast. We did uh, a lot of repelling and uh, shooting things, including each other with bow and arrows. Uh, they were Nerf ones, so it was okay. Uh, I got massive bruises on my arm, which is why I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. Uh, so it was a great weekend. Uh, and for the guys who went, man, thank you. For guys who weren't able to go, there's next year. Don't miss it. Uh, it's one, uh, one of the coolest things that we do and a great opportunity to build relationships and to grow in our faith and just uh, meet some new people as well. Uh, last week we did, uh, as Jackie said, our Connection Sunday. We had all of our community groups and classes and all that. One of those that I want to highlight is one called Alpha. Uh, Alpha is, a, 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 I think it's eight week, maybe 10 weeks, something like that course, uh, where you really just study some of the questions that we all have in life. Like, man, how do I trust the Bible? What's my purpose? Uh, who is God? Who's the Holy Spirit? Like, things like that. And uh, I think we have a little video to show a little bit more about what it is. So take a look at this. Life is busy. Every day we ask questions like, what's happening today? What should I wear? How am I gonna fit everything in? But then there are bigger questions like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this? These are some of life's big questions, but there's rarely enough time to think them through. That's why Alpha exists. Alpha is a place to explore life's big questions in a safe and open environment. It's a series of sessions where anyone can share their thoughts and opinions and ask questions without feeling judged. When you come to an Alpha, you'll notice that first, there's food. Whether it's a full meal or a light snack, this is the time to get to know each other in a casual setting. Next, you'll watch an Alpha talk. The talks are created to engage and spark conversation. They explore big issues around faith from a Christian perspective. After the talk is a time for discussion. This is the most essential part of any Alpha. It allows everyone to share their own opinions on the ideas presented in the talks. It's a time for people with different thoughts, beliefs, and experiences to ask honest questions and have open conversation. I would encourage you, uh, if you haven't ever taken Alpha, even if you have, I did it a couple years ago, and uh, it was powerful. Uh, I, I have a few uh, theological degrees, and it still really challenged my faith in some deep ways. Uh, my wife and I are going to be taking the class. So if you, you want more information, you can go to our Connect tent um, before you head to your car, or you can take out your worship guide, and that QR code uh, on the inside will give you all the information uh, that you need. It's going to be starting soon, so do not miss out. Today we're going to continue the series that we've called No Offense. We're looking at how do, how do we respond? Like what's our response as followers of Jesus, of people of faith, to the anger, the vitriol, the, the, the offense that we see in our world around us? And there's no one that denies that, that it seems like people are becoming increasingly uh, angry. Right? Like I asked that question the first week and everybody raised their hand like, yeah, we see that. I mean, you see it all over. You can see it on social media. You know, you see it when you're driving. You can see it in a, a supermarket. Like you can see it really everywhere. Uh, you see it on, on, on airlines. 
Uh, in fact, an airline incident, uh, which is described as uh, uh, something that's being investigated by officers or uh, something that's happened, like uh, a passenger that, that punches a flight attendant because they ask them to wear a mask, or, uh, or when Mike Tyson decides that he's, he's hungry again, he wants to bite another dude's ear off, you know, something like that uh, that, that happened recently. You know, the, that kind of stuff, like that's an airline incident. The average uh, number of airline incidents over the last 25 years is 185. This year, as of August 1st, was over 600. Okay, like so clearly our world is becoming like increasingly violent and, and there's a lot more anger and angst and all of that. And Pastor Johnny did a great job last week of talking about the subject of anger and what is our response. And, and I know for probably many of us, uh, at some point this week, somebody did something and it got our blood boiling. And Pastor Johnny said, hey, when, when you get angry at somebody, pray for them. And you were like, I'm not praying for that person. Like maybe pray fire down from heaven on them or something, but like I'm not praying blessing or anything like that. And here's the problem. When anger is left unchecked, it turns into bitterness. And bitterness will destroy your life. When anger is left unchecked, like when we don't do something with the anger deep down in us, it turns into bitterness and bitterness will destroy you. In fact, leading psychologists, here's what they say about bitterness. All bitterness starts out as a hurt. And your emotional pain may well relate to viewing whoever or whatever provoked this hurt as having malicious intent. Anger and resentment is what we are likely to experience whenever we conclude that another has seriously abused us. Left to fester, that righteous anger eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. Today we're going to look at bitterness, its impact on our lives, and how do we get free of this corrosive ulcer. Now for me, I, uh, when I get really stressed, I get these like ulcers in my mouth and like anything that touches them hurts. Like food, brushing my teeth, anything hurts. But the only way to like get relief is to have, I've got some ointment, but I've got to put that ointment on the ulcer. And it hurts when I do it. But eventually that's what brings me the healing. Today we might touch some ulcers in your life. Today we might hit on something that, that maybe goes deep for some of us. I just believe that Jesus has come to set us free, that he's come to bring healing. And like the life, if we're living a life that is rooted in bitterness, and that is not God's best force, and he wants healing in our lives today. And so we might touch on some areas that you might go, oh, that does not feel good. But I promise, if you allow God to do what he does, the Bible says that Jesus bore the stripes on the cross for our healing. That's not just spiritual healing. That's emotional, mental, relational. So like Jesus died on the cross so that we could be set free. So if we allow God to do what he wants to do today, then I think some of us are going to find some healing. So to start us off, let's pray. Father, we just come before you and I thank you. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you, God, even for this topic. I thank you that your word addresses an area like bitterness something that we all wrestle with at times. And so, Father, speak to us. God, expose what needs to be exposed. God, help us to, to, to get rid of this ulcer in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is in the New Testament. It's kind of toward the end. Let me set it up for you. The context is written to Christians who are uh, uh, kind of spread out in this culture that is very anti-Jesus, anti-Christianity. So the Christians are living this life that, that's not normal. Like they don't, they, they kind of stand out. They don't seem like everybody else. They don't believe like everybody else. They don't respond like everybody else. And they're actually in this place now, when this author writes this letter, they're in this place, these Christians, of questioning, was this a good move? 
Like, is following Jesus, is it worth it? Like, if I'm, I'm constantly being, you know, criticized or, or people rejecting me or I'm standing out because I'm different or what? Like, is it really worth all of that? And so the, the author of Hebrews writes this letter to, to tell him really, like, hey, keep persevering. Like, keep going. And it's in the midst of this, this context that we read these words. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 14. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Stop there for a moment. And we could do like an 18-week series on just this part of the verse. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone. Do you make every effort to live at peace with everyone? If you're anything like me, you probably don't live that out all that often. Make every effort to live at peace with everyone. Then he continues, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So he addresses bitterness here. And one of the things he says about bitterness is bitterness is a hidden destroyer. It's a hidden destroyer. Look back at verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter what? Say it with me. No bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness, he describes it like a root. Now, there's some situations where roots are good. Like if we want a tree to grow strong and healthy, then it needs great roots. But there's other times where roots can be destructive. Right? Like I think about the clover. If you've ever, if you've ever had to take care of a, a yard before, then the clover is like your arch nemesis. Like you hate this little thing. Like you're like, man, that's easy. You just pluck it out. No big deal. But then you look over here and there's like 18 of them. And you pluck those out and then there's like six of them. You're like, what is going on? And so I remember when we got a house and, and I started seeing all this, I'm like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing. And so I started digging for the roots. Next thing I know, I had like a trench in my front yard. I'm like, what is happening? Because the root system of the clover goes everywhere. And we, we have a picture of what it looks like. It, it just spreads. And so you can have them over here and that same root system can be way over here. And unless you're able to get all of it up, it just continues to destroy. Bitterness is that way. But left unchecked, it grows deep, deep into our soul. And it's a hidden destroyer. Who does it destroy? Well, first it destroys you. I mean, years back, I had a guy in my life that, um, man, he just like turned and, and, and started attacking me and attacking people close to me. But he really was coming after me. And in that season, man, I, I, I was getting angry. I was... I was wondering, like, what in the world did I do wrong? Like, what did I do to, to deserve this? And I got to a place where I began to, like, question my call to ministry. Like, if this is how people are going to treat me, like, I really don't want to be in ministry. I'll just quit and, like, go sell cars or something because, you know, maybe people won't treat me like this in that, that setting. And, and then I, I began to question myself. Like, you ever been there where, like, somebody treats you so poorly that you're like, Am I like weird or crazy or wrong? You start questioning like what you've done, that's where I was at. And then I began to, to realize I wasn't trusting anyone again. Like I wasn't trusting my leaders. The only person in my life I was trusting at that point was my wife. I couldn't even trust myself because I'm like, this guy's saying these crazy things. Am I that crazy? And it was just like this really difficult season. I thought being mad at him was like my weapon. Like, that was the way I was going to get back with him. Like, man, I'm going to be mad at you, and you're going to see that, and you're going to feel that. But bitterness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. And all it does is kill you. All it does is destroy 
you. The bitterness that we have in our life, even though we directed it at somebody else, even, we, even though we directed it at what somebody did to us, and we think, man, this will get, this will get back at them. This will cause them to, to rethink what they've done to me or to be sorry or whatever. It's really just the prison that you've locked yourself in. It's only going to destroy you. But not only does it destroy you, but it destroys others. When we look back at this verse, verse 15, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That phrase defile many in the Greek literally means to stain or to pollute or to contaminate. And we've all seen this. We're like our bitterness can contaminate somebody else. Like when we bring somebody into our own bitterness or when we're brought into somebody else's bitterness, it can destroy their peace. It can destroy their view of that person that you're angry at. It can destroy their, their relationship with that individual. We've all seen it. We've all seen how bitterness can destroy a family. How one bitter person can, can destroy a, a company or, or a church or a community group or a friend group. Why? Because bitterness destroys it's this hidden destroyer. It's like these roots that you don't see what's happening, but you will see the results at the end of the day. And it will destroy you, and it will destroy others. So how do you kill this root? Like how do you uproot something that is so destructive and so difficult to get down to, to the very bottom of it? How do you kill a root of bitterness? Let me give you two ways. Number one, you've got to expose the object of your bitterness. You've got to expose the object of your bitterness. What is holding you hostage? What did somebody do to you that caused the pain? That caused this righteous anger, but that left unchecked, resulted in bitterness. Maybe it was the abuse of a family member or a spouse walking out on you or the deception of a business partner, maybe it was a friend turning their back on you or co-worker getting a promotion over you or the girl that your ex is dating, maybe it's God. And you blame God for the issues that are in your life, for the challenges that, that you have. What is it? Expose that. Name it. Bring it to light. I love what, what this passage uh, in, in Ephesians says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. You cannot heal from what you don't expose. Let me say that again. And people who have gone through AA or NA or anything like that understand this, this principle. You cannot heal from what you don't expose. You got to call it to light. Bring it to the surface. This is the issue that I'm wrestling with. This is the pain that this person, this is the individual that I'm angry at. And when you expose it, there's two healthy responses that you have. You can have, number one, you can choose to forgive. You forgive them. You walk through the forgiveness cycle. We talked about the forgiveness cycle uh, a couple of weeks ago, week two of this series. If you didn't hear that message, I would encourage you to, um, to go listen to it or go watch it. But the forgiveness cycle says this, that because I'm forgiven, not because I deserved it, not because I'm good, but because God loves me so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for my sins. Because of that, I'm grateful. And that feeling of gratitude allows me to accept others. 
It doesn't mean that I accept what they do. It doesn't mean I accept their actions. It doesn't mean that what they do is okay. But it means I can accept them. Not because of what they do or don't do, but because God accepted me. And when you accept them, then you can display love to others. And so once you, once you expose this object of bitterness, you can either choose to forgive and walk through this cycle, and you'll find yourself being set free more and more every day from this thing that has been holding you back, or another healthy response is you can confront. Confront the person. Confront the issue. I mean, the Bible makes it very clear that there are times where we are called to confront one another. I mean, you read through Matthew 18, and toward the end of Matthew 18, it talks about how do we address confrontation with one another. And the Bible says you, you go to that person. If they don't listen, then you take somebody else to that person. If they still don't listen, you take the church to that person. If they still, like, it gives us this path for confrontation. So Jesus makes it very clear. You don't just, like, look past it all the time. But when you're asking, like, whether or not I should confront someone, I would ask yourself two questions. Number one, is it beneficial? Is it beneficial? Is this even going to help? Like there's times, right, where, and you might be thinking of somebody right now or a situation right now where you're like, it wouldn't even be beneficial. The person wouldn't listen. And if that person wouldn't listen, if they wouldn't respond, then, then you might find yourself getting even more bitter because they didn't respond the way you wanted them to respond. And so is it beneficial? Is it actually going to help the situation? And then is it possible? Is confrontation even possible? There are certain situations like, like you, you don't even know where this person is anymore. Or maybe this person passed away. That it's not even possible to have a confrontation, to have a biblical way of addressing sin or an issue that you're walking through right now that has caused bitterness in your life. But sometimes you are called to confront. And when you confront, you do it in a healthy, biblical, loving way. And then you go through the forgiveness cycle. Because I'm forgiven, I'm grateful, and because I'm grateful, I choose to accept. Doesn't mean I'm a doormat, doesn't mean I walk back in that situation. I may never even be around that person again, but I, I, I will accept and I will love. And you walk through the forgiveness cycle. You gotta expose the object of your bitterness. If you don't expose it, you won't find healing. And then the second step you gotta take is you gotta cancel their debt. You gotta cancel their debt. I know some of you are thinking, cancel their what? Come on, Pastor Ernest. I'll cancel them. That's easy. But cancel their debt? You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the pain they caused me. You don't know how dramatically it impacted my life. You don't know how the direction of my life changed when, when I experienced this pain. And you're 100% right, I don't know. But I, knew, I do know that there's this mentality, and, and I would say it's pretty prevalent in the church world. This idea of, I'll forgive them, but I'll never what? Forget. I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. Again, yes, 100%, don't be a doormat. Don't step back into the, if the person's continuing to do what they were doing or what, they haven't changed, like don't go back into that. 100%, get out of that situation or that relationship or whatever. Once you're out of it, though, to have the mindset that I can forgive but not forget is the same. I forgive you, but I'm holding on to this thing. Because maybe at some point I need to, to bring it back up. At some point I might need it as a weapon. At some point I might need to readdress this with you, but I forgive you. I'll never forget. It reminds me of this story in Scripture. and Man, I don't like this story. 
Like speaking of offense, it offends me. Like I, I don't, I don't like it. Jesus has asked this question. He said, hey, Jesus, how many times should we forgive somebody? So Jesus says, let me, t- let me tell you a story. There's this king. And the king's like, I got some servants that owe me some things. So he calls one servant in and he says, I, you can't pay your debt. So I'm going to sell off your wife and your kids. Imagine that. Now what was his debt? His debt equivalent to today's uh, uh, money was $9.7 billion. Guy wasn't going to be able to pay off his debt. So the king says, sell his wife and his kids. The guy falls down. He pleads with the king, please, don't do that. Please forgive me. In an act of mercy, this king forgives him. Imagine that feeling. Imagine you owing somebody, somebody $9.7 billion. I can't even fathom that. And the guy was like, okay, you're good. It says the servant went out and immediately saw another servant that owed him money. And he owed him the equivalent of $16,000. He said, where's my money? I don't have your money. And he got the guy thrown in jail. The king heard about it, brought that servant back in and said, how dare you? You're wicked. And because you did this, now I'm going to do the same thing to you. And here's how Jesus finishes the story. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. God will treat us the same way that king treated that servant the second time if we choose not to forgive. Why? Because God has forgiven us of so much, 9.7 billion, and we hold something against somebody else, 16,000. That's a lot of money, but it's not compared to what God has forgiven us, right? Equate that to sin and the pain that we cause others, that others cause us, and what we've done to God. He's forgiven us of so much. He says, now I expect you to do the same to others. And I get it. Like we can justify it by saying, man, it's, it's righteous anger though. I mean, look, Ernest, Jesus flipped tables. You know, he got angry. You're right, once. The other 1,277 days of his public ministry, Jesus was an instrument of peace. Jesus was a healer to the sick, a friend to the foreigner, a forgiver of the sinner. That's what he calls us to do, who he calls us to be. We think, well, Ernest, how can I cancel somebody's debt? Like, I don't even know how to do that. And I would say, first, you can't. Like, on your own, it's impossible. Like you buy, you could buy all the self-help books. This isn't self-help. It was impossible to cancel somebody's debt without the grace and power of God. Impossible. Without really understanding what God has done for you, you can't do that for others. He's got to give you the power and the grace every day to be able to do that. And then it, it's a slow process usually. It could be miraculous, like, ooh, you're good. Never worried about it again. But if you're anything like me, it's probably going to be a slow process. Like today, you cancel their debt 10,000 times. Like you think about it, you're like, okay, I got to cancel that. Think about it, oh, okay, I got to. Like every like five seconds, you might be like, oh, and you just got to keep canceling it. But tomorrow, maybe it's 9,500 times. And then the next day, maybe it's 9,300 times. And the next day, maybe it's 9,700 times because something happened and you were triggered. And you're like, ah. But then the next day, maybe it's 9,100 times. And it's just like a slow process usually of choosing every day based on the power and grace of God to go, I cancel that debt. 
I'll not only forgive. Forgiveness is powerful. Canceling the debt is even more powerful. It's hard. It's not just saying I'm going to forgive you, but it's saying I'm going to cancel that debt of yours. And then when you get stuck, when you feel like, man, I just can't do this, just remember what God's done for you. That every day, every day he forgives you. Every day his mercies are new. Every day his grace abounds. Every day his love so deep for you and I. So if we remember that, then it allows us, hopefully, to give that to others. I see this in action, this, this principle of canceling their debt every day. My wife, she's the best at this, like absolute best of anybody I've ever seen. May I see her cancel her debt of, of friends that, you know, other people might feel like things are petty or little things happen and they hold things and, and she just lets it go. She not only forgives, but she just lets, we're dealing with some stuff with Wyatt right now in the district. And, and man, for me, I'll be honest, like I got a long memory. I got a long memory. And I want to hold on to stuff. Be like, oh, I remember what you said two years ago. And I'm going to bring it back up at some point. And my wife just lets it go. Like it might upset her in the moment. It might anger her in the moment. It might frustrate her. She might cry, whatever the case may be. But then somehow she like figures out how to not just forgive, but to like let go. I see this every day with me. Where every day she's canceling my day. Even this morning. Like this morning I was talking about this yesterday at the men's retreat. Where like, they're like, time, like you can know what to do, but if you don't do it, like it doesn't help. And like to this morning, my wife goes into the bathroom. She's like, Will you please put the toilet seat down? I'm like, we're 20 years into this. Like, you, you would think I should know this by now. I do know it. Like, I know what I should do. And yet, she still has to tell me that. She doesn't go, seriously? After 20 years? 20 years, you can't, like, it's like that simple, Ernest. Like, really, that simple. You can't do that? Can't think of me enough to do that? She doesn't do any of that. She's like, please do that. And then she lets it go. It's canceling debt. It's so difficult to do. I'm not, I'm not up here saying, oh, this is easy, guys. Like somebody's hurt you, and there's pain, and there's bitterness, and there's righteous anger that has turned into bitterness and all. Like, man, this is so easy. I'm not saying that at all. It's not easy. It's picking out clovers. It's uprooting this destructive weed in our lives. That's not easy. With the help of God, the grace of God in our lives, reminding us of what he's done for us. You and I can uproot this. You and I can expose this object of, of why we're bitter. Name it. This is it. And then choose to forgive. Walk through that forgiveness cycle. And then cancel the debt. I will not hold this anymore. Not because it actually, actually sets them free. It's because it sets you free. I'm going to end with this passage. And Pastor Johnny was preaching on this passage last week. And I just, to me, it's, there's no better way to end this conversation. Ephesians 4, 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. 
I'm going to read it again. And when I do, for some of us, this topic is hitting us. And you already have somebody in mind right now or, or a situation that you've been holding on to. And it's created some dissension. It's created some bitterness. It might be with the one you love the most. It might be with your spouse. It might be with one of your kids. It might be with your parent. It might be with a friend. It might be with a coworker, whatever it may be. But like you realize you, you've kind of changed around them. You don't feel like you can trust them as much. You don't feel like you, you could be the same person because you're, you've got something you're holding against them. Identify that and, and listen to these words. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. But instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, not because they deserve it, but because Christ died for us and God forgave us through him let's pray Father we come before you and we thank you I thank you for your love for us God God this topic is so difficult and it brings up some wounds because this topic of anger and bitterness it is a corrosive ulcer left unchecked, man, will just destroy us and it will destroy others. So God, for our own healing, I pray that we turn to you now. God, we ask for your strength, your grace to be able to forgive and to be able to cancel that person's debt, that thing that has been done to us. God, help us to know what boundaries we need to put up to make sure it doesn't happen again or what relationships to not be in or whatever. God, help us to forgive and to cancel the debt. For that doesn't release that person, it releases us. It sets us free. And Jesus, that's what you came to do, is set us free and to bring healing. Father, I know that some of us, we came into this place or we're watching online that if we were to be honest, we'd say, man, I, honestly, Ernest, it's like forgiveness you're talking about through God? That I've never received that. Or maybe you did a while ago, but man, you've kind of been living your own life and doing your own thing and God's drawing you back to himself today. Like you want to experience that forgiveness. You want to experience that grace. Like you have to have that first before you can offer it to someone else. If that's you, with every head bowed and eyes closed, you say, today, Ernest, I, man, I want to receive the forgiveness of God in my own life. I want to give my life to Jesus or recommit my life to Jesus, man. I, I want to come home. If that's you, with every head bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand. I want to know who I'm praying for today. Amen. 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 If you're watching at home, you can just simply text the word follow to the number on the screen. I just want to say God sees you. He knows your name and your story, and he loves you deeply. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. And your decision right now is the greatest decision you could ever make. As a church, we'll walk with you, be with you in the midst of the journey. 
welcome home. Father, for all of us, tell us what our next step is. What are we to do now? Who are we to forgive, to let go, cancel their debt? And God, today, as we know, it'll happen sometime this week as we man, get triggered by something. God, I pray that each day we'll cancel that debt more and more. And that you will be glorified in Jesus' name.